0: Welcome, everyone. You are listening to and perhaps watching, calling the article. I'm your host. Keys Delarese. I am joined once again by producer-in-chief, Alex the Eagle of I am back. Yes, that means I have volume for the first show. Sure.
1: That was... Uh, I, I give Terry all the credit for trying, <laughs> but he gets a big F for fail.
0: It was, it was a tough night, too, because uh, we actually recorded this and the Hot Sauce uh, Sports Podcast the same night. Um, so for those who haven't yet seen it, of course, remember you can, uh, watch, like and subscribe to hot sauce sports. If you want to hear m- myself, Terry and Duke's thoughts on the vast world of sports, um, Eagles usually You've on that been too. listening to hot sauce sports. That's the one. That's the one. Um, so we had that show first and that's usually a four man operation that, uh, didn't work well. We had no researcher. We had no producer.
1: You were two people for that one. Yeah,
0: that was tough. And then, again, we were two for the FPF podcast, which we normally are uh, on Calling the Audible. But uh, Terry, you know, Terry's great on talent, actually. I love Terry, but he is not a very good producer or technologically inclined in any way uh, or form. It's Thanksgiving week. That's my favorite week of the year. I love I I celebrate Thanksgiving's a year. Um, For those who don't know, my wife is actually, uh, she grew up in Atlanta, so we're going to be going down there as we do every second year or so to celebrate American Thanksgiving with our wonderful friends, Uh, and we're celebrating a Canadian Thanksgiving, of course, this coming weekend, and it's pretty awesome. The NFL has given us football on Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. I'm a little annoyed by FPF having games on Thanksgiving Monday, and it's the worst, like, I
1: mean, as much as it is the official holiday, you're back by that point, right? No, you're
0: not. A lot of us are celebrating on the Monday because people have in-laws, and therefore families need to decide. But that's why you have Saturday and Nobody Sunday. Nobody celebrates the Saturday. Nobody does. Nobody. Well, Zero I, people. I do. Nope. I am I'm a person. Your family is broken, and you have no family values.
1: I mean, okay, sure.
0: It is what it is. Um, but yeah, so some of us have no choice but to celebrate Monday, and some of us have a game on Monday. It's awful. Uh, so I'm gonna have soup, v- not drink, leave for my game, come home and celebrate uh, by myself. That seems like a family holiday. Uh, I'll be uh, I'll be smashing some Thanksgiving and probably finishing the last few episodes of Big Mouth. That's the new season, yeah. On Netflix, yeah. So that's that's my plans. What are your plans for uh, Thanksgiving, Eagle?
1: Um, It's actually my girlfriend's birthday, so it's a bunch of birthday shenanigans and then family dinners, family dinners, family dinners, family events. Okay, wait. So her birthday is when? Tonight. Tonight, literally today.
0: I know, but Happy birthday, Megan! Yes. Uh, But when are you celebrating her birthday? Uh,
1: We're doing that. Clearly not tonight. We're doing Thanksgiving slash birthday with her family on Saturday. And then we have a little special thing happening the twenty fourth. Taking her out for a nice, let's call it a steak dinner, but it's probably going to be more elaborate than that, honestly. Okay. So I had to book. Uh, and when's Thanksgiving with your family? Um, probably the Sunday. Okay. TBD.
0: I mean, it's obvi- it's obviously better to celebrate on a Sunday because you have a whole day of football. Again, it's awesome. Unfortunately, well, I'll be I'll be prepping for the next day. I'll be doing food prep at least while um, football will be going on. So I'm pretty happy about that. Otherwise, I'm really annoyed with Rob. It's stupid. It's a statutory holiday. Why don't we just play on? Uh, we we'll play. We we'll play week one on uh, Christmas Eve. You laugh. Week we two, almost play Labor Day. Yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb. People like to leave town. People like to to to. Even if you're coming back, most people are coming back to celebrate with their families on the Monday. That's the only reason you'd come back, and I take a sick day on Tuesday.
1: I love how we use this as an opportunity to just take shots at Rob. Uh, it makes <laughs> me so
0: mad. It's it's. There are little things that irritate me with FPF every year, and look. I understand it's tough to book fields this time of year. They're getting more and more scarce. I don't care. Find a solution. It's not my job to find solutions. It's my job to come up with a podcast. I have a podcast. I did my job. Um, You
1: know who needs to find some solutions? Who? A bunch of teams that are struggling.
0: Yes, yes. But we're going to talk about that today. Uh, We'll talk about, well, not teams that are struggling so much because teams may have won week one. uh, Or you might be, you know, like Ice Up, who had your toughest matchup so far against Red Raiders in Tier 2. Um you know we we y- you may ye- you may have gone 0 and one in this qualifying round so far, uh but we want to talk about teams that are going to struggle in their bracket and i 'm going to write the converse article uh teams that uh should do well in their bracket um on this show we 're going to talk to gm Calathris. so uh, i 'm going to talk some heavy. Tier two stuff, and who else is joining us? Eagles? Is it Corey Wawalski? Uh No, we have
1: Kendall Myers.
0: Kendall Myers is joining us. That's right, and he's in. He's playing for Dead Prez in T one, so we're gonna get some uh, T one stories. We'll talk. We'll talk heavily about the Dead Prez team. They're a team that we haven't covered, you know, a ton on this podcast. Uh, we'll talk. About them as well as some of the opponents that that Kendall has faced, as well as his experience as an FPF champion. For those looking to win uh, a bowl and hold their first FPF championship, although we we separate them as bowl wins and championships, which is
1: technically fair. yes, but you still win. But you
0: still whatever it's th- there's still things that'll count in your in your career, and if you go to your own career page, it'll be there. So uh, definitely something to look forward to. A rules committee meeting is coming up as well, so we'll chat a little bit about that. We'll we'll, we'll get. Uh, to see if Kendall Myers has any rule suggestions as well. Um,
1: I'm sure he's gonna have one, <laughs> like he does every year. Yeah, and because
0: I believe in it, I'm gonna let him talk on it. Um so that's it. That's that's what we have on the show today. But in the meantime, uh if you have if you want to talk about any of your Thanksgiving plans, which you typically do, why FPF is terrible for scheduling games on uh Thanksgiving Monday, please feel free to voice your concerns, thoughts, ideas, prayers, and other on our um, on our live chat as we are live we will read it live we will respond live and hopefully again have a chance to talk to you uh, and and that that's one way you can interact with us of course um eagle how do you think lockdown's chances are of moving forward in in your bracket right now Pretty
1: good, considering the teams that are in the bottom half. So, actually, first, let's start off by. Just I'm, explaining I'm asking
0: you about your team, and it's really a, a way to talk about your opponent that you faced this week. Uh, but, but uh, you know, I figured
1: it's funny because I was using it as a way to defer from my team and talk about the format.
0: So. Yeah. So, we want to start with that. We want to start with the format.
1: Sure. So after the preliminary round, so I'm using tier three as an example, but it's all the same for every single uh, tier. So all 20 teams were ranked 1 to 20 after your first four games. And so the best teams, um, basically based on record, so the top 10, regardless of whether you were in, the, in this example, the Desne pool or the Delaraca pool, the best 10 teams ended up in the top half in the qualification round. The bottom 10 teams ended up in the bottom half for the qualification round. So you play four games against opponents that are effectively around your record in or, this part yeah. the particular
0: round. Or just struggled with a tough schedule.
1: Yes, exactly. Now, the way this works is um, to get to the knockout round, you need to finish in effectively the top 50 or 60 percent is the kind of guideline number amongst all. All the teams so that means that if you are for example voodoo and you're currently three and two in the bottom half if you win your next three games you'll finish six and two and potentially be ranked high up versus a team in the top half such as los bandidos who may also win their three games and then finish six and two so you would be equivalent to them now even though bandidos would technically be you would think stronger because they would they beat higher tier opponents. That's not necessarily the case. So once the qualifying rounds done, all the teams again will be ranked top to bottom, one to twenty mm-hmm. or whatever it is, based on your record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then depending on where you place, you end up in either a money knockout round or a uh, consolation f- consolation. Though. And there's actually depending on the tier, there are so be two So
0: Do teams get disqualified before? Like can can this teams not may make the knockout? Your bracket?
1: last four games in the qualifying round. So, it's so a how many
0: teams, let's say, from. Because tier one is, has less teams. But tier two and three, how many teams make. 12. 12. So, 12, twelve out of 20. Okay. okay. Top and it, four. And in tier one, it's how many?
1: Uh, tier one, I think it's 10. 10 of 12. I with buys? Uh, yeah, I think there's buys. It has to be. It's actually 12 teams. It might be eight. Maybe might be six. Hold on, i got to check. Okay, so. But yeah, for the other two with 20 teams, it's 12. It's 60%.
0: So that's the format. And like, look, we we both play in division, uh, in tier three teams. Um, One and Niners in lockdown. One and Niners not super. um It's eight
1: teams in the, uh, in tier one. Sorry? Eight in
0: tier one. Eight in tier one. Okay. So there we go. So um, one and Niners not as uh, seasoned as lockdown. One and Niners, other than yours truly, a very athletic team. Um and Lockdown being a very seasoned team with you and you calling the defense and with uh Pat Riot calling the offense. It's a team that just knows a lot compared to like a lot of these uh these uh n- you know new teams in a lot of cases or or teams that not necessarily new but have like limited experience in let's say for example division <coughs> six, division E. So they haven't seen a lot of different things in FPF. Um we saw both these teams, replacements, offense, um Frank Tailey, Colatrella. He we have a lot of uh, shoots and motion in our defense, and we drop guys from different parts of the field to different parts of the field. Uh, things that are common in higher divisions, but things they have not seen because they've only played low division. And then you guys took it to Lionhearts as well. Although I mean, they only you only won by six, but it was a game you were in control of pretty much the entire time. Yeah. So. Um, Do you think replacements and Lionhearts are two such examples of teams, even though they're right now in this lowest possible bracket that will struggle uh, because of either, you know, in one case, lack of overall team speed and in the other case, lack of uh, knowledge?
1: Um, I wouldn't say that they're struggling because of... Yeah, it's more the, the knowledge or just being unable to adjust to situations Mm -hmm. right because i think in especially for Lionhearts, um their progress in terms of understanding the game has improved tremendously over the the weeks or i guess season that they've played however i think they understand in theory how things are supposed to be done but when you actually get on the field and you start getting exposed based on whatever you're doing wrong they don't really pick up on that very quickly Mm -hmm. so for example in our other game they're playing cover two coverage except their safety is squeezed to the sideline so usually your weakness is deep middle of the field on a cover two and they're effectively making it worse by leaving it wide open Yeah. so like things like that you're doing it yeah but you don't really know the the fine details of how to actually do it and that's where you're starting to lose games and when you start getting picked apart on those plays you're not adjusting for it you're not even like not even oh we're getting burned deep so we're going to play 3 deep type of thing right it mm-hmm. it's just there's none of that thought process that's going in i think replacements is the same thing for their offense well they're, just, they're not driving the field
0: replacements uh there's two things that i noticed um i called the defense actually in this game um and what we did was at one point we we switched the 4-1 but we dropped the the two into the into the one zone and then it was my responsibility to, to, shoot, shoot, over, yeah. to shoot to shoot to shooter hole, depending on what the snapper did and um Tilly Colttrello, when that first read wasn 't open, would throw the post as like a like your checkdown shouldn 't be a post pattern you shouldn 't throw a post pattern against four one ever, and he kept going to it often, and I feel it's just it 's not being able to recognize the defense like he sees that so oh there if if the middle linebacker is sort of shooting to one side, that means middle deep should be open, not necessarily. Um, and another thing too that that uh, I caught on to is when a play would be successful to the left hand side he would try running the exact same play to the right hand side and we would be able to bait right into you know either you know passes knocked down or, or interceptions because we just saw it now we can adapt to it and I, I, we were able to take a gamble that a quarterback who's struggling to move the ball will see success and like okay let's try it now on the other side where they haven't seen it but we were able to adapt it with, with a little bit more experience um, the other thing about Replacements. I will give them credit about this. They adapted uh, mid game. Essentially, when, when there was one guy, when one guy was lined up in front of me, it was man that you obviously the slowest slow defender. S- not slow by the way. Still much, much faster than I am. Just, just to say, usually uh, when you play uh, with, you, p- you get p- a p- size <laughs> matchup, but not a speed matchup. Yeah, exactly. It. it was a big, it was a big dude, big tall dude again. So yeah, um, and the second he was lined up ten yards back to one to the right or the left we knew that um, they were dropping into zone versus man. And then in the second half, they adapted, and they gave a similar look more often. Uh, they have Jason Armenti on, on their defense. Maybe his experience in FPF helped coach them up and, and learn that mid-game. But usually you don't see those types of adaptations um, for new teams uh, in FPF. Or not necessarily new teams, but teams at a lower level in FPF. And what do you think the problem is with Fafia
1: Sabant? Because they're 0-5, except Alexandre Fafard ha- is leading in, like, rushing yards. They're reasonably putting up points, but they're getting scored on a lot. Of their first four games, three of their opponents, Honey Martin, Rogues, and Leo G, are in the upper tier, and Voodoo is leading in the so, bottom s- tier. S- so, that's, and they, they, th- that's they, the thing. They're though. close They've games, too, some th- of them.
0: But they, they got they got ruined with the schedule. So, like... Rogues, we know we talked about last week, um, are incredibly athletic, just a very good team. And they lost by um, one point. they lost by a point. Honey Martin, same thing. High level of speed, Les Augers, same thing. Like they're, they're just teams that are physically tough matchups for a team like Fafia Saban, who are decently athletic, but they're not gonna just they're not gonna just win games by being flat out like like flat out the, the fastest athletes on, on the field. Then they play Voodoo. Voodoo has probably would you say, you know, best quarterback um in this tier between Pat Riot and, and Frank K?
1: There's a lot of good QBs in this uh in this tier three grouping right now. Um definitely I mean Frank K has his ups and downs. That's the big thing with him. Some seasons he's great and other ones it's just all over the place. So it really does depend on which Frank K you're getting.
0: So I think that's it and then and then they go they have to go face part of my swag, part of my swag again, uh being one of the, you know, more experienced teams. And it it doesn't get better until they face BDR, which I think even then we're looking at a, a, a pretty tough matchup in terms of, of raw athleticism, though Vince Romano is still learning uh, at the quarterback position. Um, but then they go face Voodoo again, which we, we would expect that they're the underdogs. So FIFA, Fafia Saban, another team we expect uh, to to struggle in, uh, in in this stage of the tournament, I think that I think those are three teams we sort of isolated. Now, these are all teams, obviously, that can prove us wrong, which we're, we'd like you to do. That's why we're discussing this on the podcast this week. Remember uh, my article about teams that should be successful in the next round. The converse of this to be uh, expected in the next round. Uh, in, in my article this week. Uh, Marc-Andre Dezolnie has been ill. That's why his article has not been available, though we're working on a solution. Hopefully we'll get a couple up soon. We're joined now on the Dezolnie call line by GM Colethris. GM, how's it going?
2: Pretty well, thanks. Uh, I normally don't pick up uh, calls from unknown numbers, but a little bird told me to answer, so
1: I did.
0: Nice. I don't do that either because it's not 1985. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't. You should never answer to an unknown number. It's never anything good. It's always going to be telemarketing. I mean, this is. Oh, that I've been hit either, by. Right? Sorry.
1: Yeah, I've I've been hit by like a wave of auto dialers recently.
0: Yeah. Well, unfortunately for you, GM, it's way worse than auto dialer. It's Apparently, I have
1: an arrest worn out for me because I didn't pay my taxes. Alright. which is complete bullshit because they refunded me. This
0: <laughs> which is complete <laughs> bullshit because they'll never catch me. <laughs> e- Eagle
1: would flex about getting
2: a refund from the CRA on the on a fifth podcast.
0: So, I had to get your accountant by the way because I don't know how you were getting a refund. I'm amazing. Are you? Are, are there? Are there children you're hiding somewhere?
1: Um, y- by children, you mean dollar bills, and by hiding, you mean Cayman Islands.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: just, yes. just have HR tax you like five or ten dollars extra every paycheck, it, it adds up.
0: GM, uh, you faced uh, Prince Le Rivesud this past week. What can you tell us about uh, that game?
2: So, um principal the Ripstead are big physical athletes, but they're all quick. Um, I think that for the Outlaws, it, it came down to um, trying to limit their big chunks of yardage gain and having them beat us on the underneath. And they had a, a couple of issues with drops, which is a little bit detrimental when you have a quarterback like Marc-Antoine Gang, who is not a natural quarterback, so he's learning at the position, and you re- relies on these drags and slants. Uh, if you're not making those catches you're not know, gonna be successful.
1: Is he running a his brother's offense or did he invent something for himself?
2: I think it's somewhere in between, um because he runs a lot of drags and he does lean on his center in the same way that Fred leans on on Mavs with uh, six plus R, but it, it does seem to be adapted a little bit more to to suit um V's strength as a as a quarterback.
0: Um well I mean it's no doubt, of course, he's going to the snapper. He just knows where that's going to be on the field. Um, if Put on your analyst hat. Can you tell us what it is that they do well specifically and what it is they need to improve? Is it just making plays in terms of what they need to improve or is there something schematically that they can do to maximize their talent?
2: I feel like it's almost as simple as they just need to limit their drops. Um, they're all dynamic athletes who can make a play happen at, like, the the drop of a dime. Mm-hmm. But if they're not catching the ball, they can't help with their quarterback. And like I said, for someone who's not native to the position, it's a little bit harder. So you really need to make every opportunity count.
0: Oh, I know, like, for myself, GM, like, I've always said, like, I'm not good enough to overcome mistakes. So the only games I can win are games where everyone plays better than I am on my own team. So I feel like it's the same kind of thing for any developing quarterback I would say playing quarterback in FPF is it's about as challenging as it can get uh, just in terms of how good the the uh, competition is at every level Um, and Hammocks beat blackouts in a game that saw all of their 19 passes go to Danny Aylward and Alex Joltepuff. in the first round they accounted for 85% of the offense is it even possible that the other receivers aren't frustrated at this point
2: so it, it seems to me a little bit like um, you keep running the same play until they stop it kind of mentality mm-hmm. where like keep going to it as long as it works. Mm-hmm. And the the lack of frustration only lasts for as long as it works. Now you mm-hmm. asked if it's possible. I don't know if it's possible. I think it might even be likely because they've won their last two games. So I think just riding that high would be enough to not be frustrated with it. Like you're happy with it for as long as it works.
0: Um. Do you think that can be successful? Like, look, we've seen we've seen all levels of Dan's su- successful to various degrees um, in FPF. Is 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 this is this uh, version of of um, the Dan's playbook going to be successful? Given that they basically only have two receivers,
2: I think so. Um, just looking at, uh, unfortunately, they have a much much lighter second half of the schedule. So playing uh Mystic mean machine and Rocock, clever name. Mm-hmm. Um, they go for a co- they're, they're playing teams that are combined three and twelve. So with with teams that are already struggling to get out wins, now asking them to shut down the one thing that these two do well is going to be very very difficult.
0: Yeah, that that's true. That's uh, that's definitely true. Um, I still think I still think it'll be somewhat difficult for them. Um, that said. Um, Sorry, GM, I lost my place here. V Machine couldn't keep pace with Centaurs this past week. I was there for that game. Mm-hmm. Um what I saw was Jordan Rossi running a very methodical offense. And I mean in the past he's he's criticized me for saying, hey, like I'm not like just like, a check down guy. And that's not what I mean. I mean Jason Rossi will Jordan Rossi will always take what's available to him. And on the other side, we saw Daniel Go Golov- Goloff just continuously trying to attack downfield, continuously trying to stay aggressive. And it wasn't a game that was out of hand at any point. He didn't have to do so. He just Kept taking deep shots, deep shots and the efficiency wasn't there. Does Daniel Golov need to change his approach, or will Mean Machine's team speed be enough uh, to beat most teams?
2: Hasn't thus far. Um, so I, I think it's, it's definitely merited. Um, just to interject, first of all, I, I don't want to hear check down like it's like a derogatory because I'm definitely a check isn't. down receiver.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, also, yes, I, I this love, too. I think GM, uh, I, I you love, and I have uh, a 1,500 check down uh, catches in our careers, so.
2: Yeah, it's it's great, right? <laughs> that's why I, I even chose to take the season with the Outlaws, because I know that that's definitely um, a route that I excel at and that Stephen likes to throw. But back to Daniel Goloff. I think that um, he, need, he needs to throw check downs, to be honest. Um, he needs to be a little bit more efficient, rely on Cutler's leadership and play calling. Um, I think also... Part of it, it, it's kind of core to his game at the same time, but I think he's almost like the anti-P's, where P's mm-hmm. in warm-ups, you, you tend to really like, throw everything you have and break receivers' fingers, and then mm-hmm. like, it translates to not as much power when you're on the field. But on the field, man, like go off throws, passes at his receivers that are going, they're bullets every time. Yeah. And at, at times, I don't think he's doing his receivers any favors who might not be have as sure hands as Phil Cutler on that team. Um, so if he's not leaning on Phil Cutler, I think he needs to maybe take a little bit of fire off those passes.
0: Yeah, just selecting the right the right throw for the right route. And they do have a mm-hmm. lot of
1: speed on this team, right? Like the the Sigler brothers are very fast, uh Jake Tettleman fast. Cutler obviously can hold his own. So you can run the slant, you can run the the you know, crossing patterns and everything and, and try and get matchups that you like without having to just launch it downfield.
0: Mm-hmm but it actually felt like watching that game eagle it actually felt like because of the team's speed he, like you know goloff felt like he had to take every well, like one on one available and you know when you have guys like Hugo Alamano and Will Power uh, safety, it's just their size and range makes it difficult to be able to throw over to the top even well, yeah, though they're not as not fast really as you know it's not really one on ones then right yeah. i mean
1: it's if you're matching up against safeties that are going up for a ball it's really go get it versus a safety who's also going to go get it. And, and those are two guys who you. play
0: the ball ex- exceptionally well in the air, right? Like that, that, mm-hmm. That's both of their games.
1: Like if they're lining a man and you're like, okay, he's going to outrun him and you're going to back shoulder and perfect ball, then great, sure. But if you're literally saying, I'm throwing it into coverage, bail me out. I mean, that's not really a good no. play.
0: Um, Red Raiders. And attack on to that. Go ahead.
2: Um, especially having Phil Cutler who on KGP, Loves throwing those those flies down the sidelines, but when that's not there, like having the center on Gump off routes or even just slants in hooks, taking advantage of that middle of the field, if you're also looking to go deep, is super important. I don't think that go off that enough.
0: That's fair. Um, Red Raiders and, uh, saw, and Ice and Up were. Uh, there was a point that was, it was a game decided by one point. Um, mm-hmm. Who is the real top dog in Tier Two in your mind? and can you imagine a bowl game with the exact same game script, or do you not imagine the rematch will go down in a similar way?
2: I think there's a strong argument for Team Ethnic to be the top dog in Tier 2, but if it's of those two teams, I think it would be ice up. Um, They have have a tight, staunch defense, Um, and I think that for that follow-up, if they were to face each other again, I think this swings the way of ice up. Ice up have a tendency, they'll definitely learn from this. I think we've seen all that Red Raiders have. It was very good and it got them the win. But I don't think that there's more of a ceiling to go from there whereas up have not hit that ceiling against Red Raiders yet.
0: Absolutely. Well, GM, thank you so much for your input. Uh, you're you know you've been a valued asset, uh, analyst for us for a long time, and on top of that, playing in tier two, of course, has given you the perspective needed to shine the light on the division tonight. Uh, thanks for joining us.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. By any chance, were you watching? No, I'm not. Do you know what picture I'm using of you? You uh, may or may not be holding a trophy, and may or may not be smoking a, a cigar. Well, we don't know if oh, it's wow. cigar. We
0: know for sure it's a phallus.
1: That's um. 2011.
0: Yeah, you look young. Oh, any thank any you. plans? Any plans for Thanksgiving?
2: Uh, yeah, we're we're going to my parents' place. It'll be Kate's parents there as well. My, my buddy Stu is coming from Toronto, and my parents' are next door neighbors. So it's just like that, a collection of, of people.
0: Yeah.
1: Ah, tell them I say hi.
2: Absolutely.
0: Hi. Good. Happy holidays, Jim. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, likewise. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we're back, we're gonna get into some more teams. That we expect to struggle in this round. I'm your host, P. Del I hope that I give you a chance to check on the uh, NFL football game. If you're watching us live Thursday night, remember, for those who listen to the podcast, you can watch us live every week, Thursday evenings at about 745. Um, thanks for joining us. For those watching live, Eagle, you got some commentary, I believe. Uh,
1: I did. I made some comments about Frank Frankie. What did earlier. you say exactly? I didn't, um,
0: I didn't remember it being that bad.
1: Uh, you asked if he was the best quarterback in Tier 3, and I said it depends on which Frank K shows up. Sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. Um, the Pina Gallery, also known as uh, Frank K Family, e.g. Mother, was Hi. disappointed in me. I apologize. Uh, your son is lovely. He is a great quarterback. Uh, just he needs to up his consistency, and then I will think he is the best.
0: Uh, that said, I mean, it's not the only mom to be disappointed with you. You're here despite the fact it is your girlfriend's birthday, so I'm sure her mom is less than pleased. Correct. You're proving yourself to be... And a, a my mom one.
1: called me and I flushed her call because we're here, so really the triple whammy tonight. You
0: should put it on the air.
1: Could no, that's back. a terrible idea. That's a really bad I've idea. I've met your mom and I think it would be a great <laughs> idea. I think,
0: I think having Mama Eagle on would be an absolutely perfect idea. So we looked at some of the Tier 3 teams quickly that we thought were going to struggle in there. Uh, in their new given tier. And I, wanna, I just want to touch on some final ones here because we looked at the bottom of sort of lower grouping in Tier 3. Uh, but do you have any teams on the higher grouping that just might be out of their depth a little bit?
1: Well, so this one's a little bit tricky to figure out, right? Because it's only after one week, so all the records look good. At least on the other side, you can go, well, you know, they lost all their first-round games, and they also went on a losing streak. So what you're saying is, Analysis is hard. It's it's much trickier this time around because you know, Leprechauns, for example, right? They're technically two and three, but you look at their you know their points four points against. They're just as good as some of the teams like elsewhere, right? Like Honey Martin are one twenty six four one hundred five against. Leprechauns are one ten four one thirty against. Those are comparable numbers. But what about
0: what about a team like uh, so like, Leprechauns are going without their quarterback as well for a couple of weeks, as uh, we mentioned. marc Andre Desalny has been sick. Um, what about a team like Trailer Park Boys, who um, also they have a guy on their roster whose name is J- Jonas Get Last Name.
1: Yes, that is because one of our scorekeepers did not get his last name, and so we had to fill that in.
0: I mean, it literally says it right there; it tells you your job. Yes. Um, but Trailer Park Boys, they you know face teams that had struggled, you know, like Lockdown, like Trailer Park Boys. Uh, sorry, like uh, one of Niners, uh, like in Touch of Balls. Uh, you know, and they they did very well. The only team that they lost against was, against was Honey Martin. Honey Martin is a team that moved up, a team with a lot of athleticism, like we talked about. Um, now, the first game in sort of this the higher version of this tier, and they take a 39-25 loss to the Rogues, a team that we figured to be quite strong with uh, Mitch Fergenbaugh, my quarterback, and, you know, guys like Benji Ziegler and, and Adam Rabinovich, Matt Gottlieb, like just, you know, Studs all across the field.
1: Yeah, so th- trailer park boys—they're not slow and they're—they're they're aggressive when it comes to challenging the ball, right? They're kind of physical in a sense. So I think that's gonna build them out for some of these games. But I agree with you that Antoine Manuel needs to be smarter with the football. Um, mm-hmm. He makes some some throws which you just should not be making, and then you know you get bailed out because your receiver's fighting for it. Eventually, you're gonna either run out of luck or you're gonna hit hit teams such as Rogues who can take advantage of that, yeah. right? So I think. I think they do belong here, but it's going to be those three to five plays a game that's really going to decide the future of Trailer Park Boys in this upper tier.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, that's a good point. Eagle and Antoine Monier throwing two interceptions this past week. We've talked about that in the past, but in general, like they're a good team. Like Phil Ramsey's a very good receiver. Matthew is a very good receiver. Uh, the rest of the Monier family also very good players. But the thing is, it's not about height. It's not about speed. I just think there's, there's a lack of experience. Here were guys, um, like we know these guys from Rogues, uh, for a little while. They've played on a, a whole bunch of low divisions teams. Um, th- the first time we split division six was when we first discovered Benji Ziegler is just a guy who was always open, a monster, yeah. And so, um, I, I, think, I think that that might be somewhat challenging, um, uh, for, for Trailer Park Boys. Are there any other teams that sort of stick out to you?
1: Um, Let me just take a look again. Uh, load faster internets.
0: Yeah, do internet here tonight. That's why I kept stalling in the GM interviews because my notes wouldn't load as soon as I would change to another screen.
1: Standby. This is always fun.
0: Yeah. So no one for you, Eagle?
1: Uh... I literally can't get the page I literally up.
0: needed <laughs> you to buy time for me while I was getting the page up. I couldn't which get the page also hasn't loaded.
1: Um, Chocolate Barracudas is the one that I think we talked about it last week mm-hmm. um, or the week before. The, their record surprises me. I didn't think they were as good as they are. And so I'm a little bit worried for them. Um, they have Scranton, Stranglers, Rogues on Honey Mountain Tank coming up. I think maybe they'll win one of those. Um, BDR beating them, well, 30 nothing is because of the forfeit, but uh, other than that, they would have gone 4-0 and the whole week, right? In the first round. I really don't see them as a 4-0 and team, so I just, I don't know, I don't know if I'm just you know, I have a preconceived notion of what Barracudas are supposed to be, or if they got easy matchups because they had replacements, Lionheart's then banditos, which we talked about already, aren't as good. And then BDR would say technically beat, but then accidentally forfeited. So I don't
0: really know what to expect in
1: the second half. They might just go zero and four. What do you make of a team like
0: EZW? Yeah, they score all the time, but now they're playing against the the, the top levels of competition, um, and they um they have enough, they have allowed one hundred and sixty two points. And to to put that into perspective. 162 points is so bad; it's almost as many points as allowed by Supply and Command. So that's that's how bad that's how bad that defense has been. Um, yet they've they've continued to win. That said, now they're they're facing off against sort of better competition, uh, and they took their first loss to mangoose
1: And yeah, so if you look at the first four games they played, they played Mean Machine, they played Diablos, they played Outlaws, and they played Supply and Command. Uh, of those, the only one actually are they... Yeah, uh, the only one who's actually in the upper tier is Outlaws, right? Everyone Correct. else is in the bottom one. So you can argue that's the only game that really counted, and they only won 37 33. So I can see it being a little bit problematic. That being said, that score they, they, allowed,
0: they allowed 39 to Diablo's in supply and command. You know yeah. what I mean? like I Every game was almost 40 points a game. But
1: that's the thing, though. Unless you're gonna run into a team that's gonna stop them, I mean, okay, so they're playing Outlaws again in week eight. They have my condolences in week seven. My condolences have allowed 151 points again, so they're not that great of a defense. Which and I then don't they understand,
0: by the way, because when you look at this defense, you see, uh, you know, guys like Ben McMahon, you see guys like uh, Travis Moses and Jeremy Anderson, you know, guys who've played higher division defense, yeah, a- and and guys who have a lot of speed, so. It seems strange to me that they've been struggling on defense. And then th- maybe next it's the week fault of Anthony. Get last name. Yeah, probably.
1: And then next week they have the Warriors. I think that's going to be their hardest matchup from a defensive point of view. Uh, Warriors have only but allowed the don't have the twenty-six points against Max, like in from one game against all the other But ones.
0: that's but that's a bit of a, a math trick. with Warriors. Warriors run. A, they've changed their style, which makes sense because they they're not the same kind of team they used to be. They're they're big and strong, not not quite as, you know like not burners across the board, uh, and smartly uh, Mike Solomene has become a quarterback who's just more methodical, and he's not making a lot of mistakes. So he scores a lot too. He, he scores a lot um, as the ECW does, but Jeremy White does the opposite. Jeremy White wants to score in two or three plays and get out of the field and and, and, and hope the best with his defense. I think um, Warriors present the challenge in that they'll score every drive just like ECW, but. Where I think the difference is, is that th- I don't think Warriors have the top speed to contend with the, with the deep routes uh, that we're going to see from ECW.
1: Yeah, and I th- that's exactly it, right? So I, I think, again, the speed of ECW is going to save them. And even if they have 30-something points scored against them, it's not going to matter. So mm-hmm. that's why I think it's their saving grace in this upper pool. It's... R- it's really matchup dependent. If you can get a team that can actually match up with your speed or has a way to scheme around you and can still put up points, well, then you'll get wrecked. And I think that's what happened this week a little bit, but I think they'll be, they'll be okay. They're, if you look at the 10 teams, you can say they're top three. Like, do you think they fit top three here? Do you think they're better than Chocolate Thunder, Mangoes, Outlaws, Red Raiders, Penelope, Condoleezza Warriors?
0: Well, I think they're about the same as the Penelope Sud. I think Red Raiders are better. I think Outlaws overall are better, although it's a tough matchup for Outlaws. But I think give Stephen on a second time against your defense, he's not going to make mistakes. And EZW doesn't adapt enough on defense. I think Up, Team Ethnic, and uh, Red Raiders are likely on, on a, a tier all to their own. Um, Chocolate Thunder, mangoose uh, EZW, Prince of the Reeves, so I feel like all those teams are, are kind of uh, in the same in the same ball in the same area
1: yep uh, i would agree with you on that
0: um let's take a quick look at tier one before we get to uh kendall myers uh on the line and we'll get um our thoughts about see tier one is where i think we see a lot of teams that may struggle may be out of their depth and vice versa teams that may dominate like i look at uh matt renee uh just the opportunity to play in a lower tier um he must be licking his chops you know what i mean like we already saw him put, put up 36 points against all hooks. A game I thought is actually a little bit, like if there was an over-under on this game, I think the under hit. I thought people would have expected this game to go a little bit more off the rails, but yeah, agreed. Um, just a game that uh, Matt Rene just controlled start to finish. Um, and then he's going to face Erzons Menzik, 2HD, and Dead Prez, which is not altogether an easy schedule, but he's not having to face off against you know Braves U and Run and Gun, Vinny's Hoffman, teams like that. Um
1: that being said, it is going to be hard to finish top eight in this grouping, right? Because uh, you're you're going to have to clear the all the teams at the bottom, right, and really hope that you're going to get a good record compared. Because already you're behind the gun, so I think it's going to be a little bit tricky.
0: Yeah, um, is is lightweight screwed? <sighs> yes,
1: I really do think so. I think they got their free wins in the first round, and I think their next three games are going to be a disaster.
0: Um, so Simon Dash is actually been playing really well. He has. I've been saying it, and and it's not just the season, and it's easier to say when he's not on the show, but he's likely, I mean, I think you can make uh, a case for the most improved FPF player over the last two years, let's say. Um, He's improved drastically. That said, this was bad, Simo. Yeah, I agree. Not getting a lot of help, but he was off in this game. Um, On the other side, John Maher did John things, and... You know, similar to what we talked about with Matt Renee and b y o b he just controlled the pace of the game um you know as good as Braves you is,' not a team that necessarily looks to blow you out. They very much go with the the vibe of the game. They can score quick, but if they feel like they're taking control of the game, they will absolutely keep control um I look at them as struggling i look at i look at junkyard dogs Eagle being in a in a situation that might be a, a little difficult for them. We look at junkyard dogs and we look at the the schedule ahead. They have uh, run and gun Braves you and STL. That's a, that's a tough matchup. Tough yeah, it Set is. of matchups against uh, ahead.
1: It is going to be a hard matchup.
0: Absolutely. We're joined now on the DAZN uh, call line with Kendall Myers of Dead Prez. Kendall Myers, how's it going?
3: How's it going, Jeez? I'm good, bro. You?
0: Good, man. Always good to talk to you. We got a picture up of the NR Championship. Uh, you and Lance holding the trophy. Uh, that's that's a, your profile picture for this interview. We want to talk to you a little bit about your championship experience. Obviously, uh, winning a bowl game is not the same as winning an FPF championship. Uh, but Definitely not. What would uh, what would that feel like uh, to to take home some other FPF hardware? Uh
3: yeah, you because know, it's been a while. And I think the last uh, the last championship we got was in the winter 2018, if I'm not mistaken, in uh, Division Two. So um, I mean, obviously I would love to win more, but you know sometimes it doesn't work out like that. So you just gotta keep working at it. But um, yeah, the goal is always to win championships. You know, yeah, it's fun to play, but at the end of the day, for me personally, you know that uh, that trophy at the end, you know, would you know mean something.
1: So how are you guys gonna dig yourself out of the hole? Because right now you're one in five, right? You have uh, three games left to try and you know get to an even record. Um, and you have rockets, o hooks, and BYOB. You think you're gonna be able to, to get to the knockout round?
3: Uh that that's the goal. Like we we're talking about that after the after the qualification round that we had to, you know, at least you know go four and zero, or at least at worst case go three and one to have a chance to go to the knockout round. And um, you know, at the start of the season, like uh, it, it was a good team on paper, and like you know, obviously I still believe in the CNA thing, but just. Some stuff hasn't worked out for us in some of the games that we played. Uh, you know, we let up, like, a few big plays on defense. Um, Brave smoked us in that second week there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there was that. Um, you know, also, like, we, we, have the, we have the players to get it done. It's just um, we haven't really fully meshed it, meshed it, you know, together yet. But it, it's going it, to come. And, like, we're trying out some new stuff also with the team. Like, I'm calling defense. That's something that I usually don't do. Uh, so, like that's kind of different. So, um, so yeah, it's it's a work in progress. But you know, we're we're the, the goal is to do make it to that uh, to that knockout stage.
0: So, looking at the, you, you know, you said yourself, you have you have a ton of talent on this team. Yourself, John Laristis, uh, Jeremy Anderson, who you're familiar with, from, of course, and Zion Love, uh, Zion Love, Quade Johnson, Pat Asong. Like these guys, it's it's a. I was I looked at this team when I first saw it and I said, hey, you know what? This is a a great combination of guys who've played fairly high division, Div 3, Div, Div, you know, Div 2, Div B, um, and some low division talents coming up like Pat Jason and like Ben McMahon and Anthony Drysdale. So you mentioned how the team hasn't, well, Anthony Drysdale hasn't played a game on you, but uh, you mentioned how this team uh, hasn't yet come together. What is it specifically that hasn't meshed?
3: Um, I find it's more so like the defense. And like I said, like I've taken you know a little part in that because I'm the one that's calling the defense, so it's all kind of new to me. And we're just trying to figure out like who's gonna work where in different uh, uh, in different um, I guess uh, spots, you know, like who's gonna play the center, who's gonna play on the outside. So I mean, the last game that we had yesterday, we're missing uh, Quade and uh, Farag, so we had two subs. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're we're trying to work around that. But um, but yeah, like uh, like I said, I'm, I'm getting help too, you know, from guys like Quade. Badja's not really underrated. He's he's very 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 good. I hope to see him play like in the higher division. Yeah, I, like, I, played there, so. I played against him in low
0: divisions. I played against in low divisions. He's super talented. Not a lot of guys know so, him yet, but he's super talented.
3: No, yeah. So I'm I'm glad that you know I got to play with him uh, last season in the summer. He played with us for the for the remainder of our NR games. and after I got to play with him this season. So um uh so yeah, and like I said, work in progress, and uh, it, it'll come it'll come for full circle. Um, I, I did want to ask you that. about
1: that actually. Your uh, what I'll refer to as the hashtag NR click, right? There's a bunch of familiar faces that aren't on your roster. They're playing with uh, Pecker on another team. Um, yeah. yeah. So, what happened there? Was it? Is there bad blood? Is it just for fun? Is there someone that you're like, oh man, I wish I had this guy instead of this person, and the team would be better? Like, so what's the story there? Nah,
3: no bad blood, man. You know, Travis is still my guy. You know, we're, we'll be playing in, in the winter. You know, Corey too. Uh, it was just that you know, for the for the fall, we just said you know, you know we'll we we'll, we'll just split it up. Yeah, Jeff kind of I spoke to Jeff and Jeremy like they kind of hit me up at first and were like, yo, we're gonna do this thing for fall, and I'm like, alright, cool, no problem. And then it just went from there. So you know, I mean, those are the guys I usually play with on the other seasons in the summer and winter. So you know, for the fall season, just to switch it up, you know, it wasn't uh wasn't a big thing. I was kind of fun playing against them uh in that week three game. So. So is this to like us. an yeah, audition
1: like for some people uh, that are in your roster right now to try and make it to the big leagues with hashtag NR? Or what's the plan there? Uh, you
3: know, well, we can leave it at that. We can leave. I, I don't want to say too much, but we can <laughs> yeah. leave
0: it at that. So we but, can leave it at that. I mean, I will say I talked to Matt Lepage after I played against him in uh, in our Tier Two game, Kendall, and uh, he was saying how we had mentioned in the podcast how it's it's sort of fun in the fall season. It gives you like a season of experimentation. Go out. Um, you know, try to, like, just play with other guys you haven't played, played with, play against other guys. Like, I've never played quarterback against, you know, Matt Lepage because I'm, you know, lower division quarterback. So, like, exactly, yeah. it's, it's fun. Like, it, it gets you to push yourself. It gets you to see different things that you don't normally see. Uh, so, I, I think that's that's kind of the line of lines with you, that you're going with. Um, yeah, yeah. Jeff Rosenblatt and
3: I, I, I just want, I just want to jump on what you said and like, I like what you guys did with the fall because it forces you know certain guys in the high division where they gotta go look for some lower talent. Like you see, like you know, there's no Wyatt, there's no, uh, you know, there's no Hollowax throw throwing. You mm-hmm. know, some of the bigger names are not there. I mean, yeah, Braves is there. Like you know, he was able to make a team with the two girls. You know, shout out to that. You know, like that's something cool that you don't see very often. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's very. Uh, I like the idea. I like, I like the idea. It works. <laughs>
0: Jeff Rosenblatt's improved drastically, and I, I, I used to hate the way he called his offense. Now he's becoming, uh, you know, a more dynamic passer. Uh, despite the struggles, you guys are obviously in a tough tier, so, you know, not throwing shade at all. Just uh, despite his struggles, I've actually been very impressed with Jeff Rosenblatt over the past short while. What do you think has been the difference uh, from the rows we've seen before to the rows we see today?
3: Uh, it's just uh, he's been playing, you know, a little bit stiffer competition. Uh, I played with him in division, uh, division B mm-hmm. and, uh, I believe before that he was playing in the lower divisions, like three, three and four. So, I uh, and, and in now division he has...
0: six when he first started. So, I mean, like that's oh, a huge job. There jump. you
3: go. That exactly. That's a huge job. And like, he has a, he has a better, um, core guys around him. And then, you know, and it helps, like, build confidence and stuff like that. You know, and like I said, with me and Jeff, it's a work in progress. As someone, I I always enjoy a quarterback that I could, you know, talk to either during the game or after the game. We could always work on stuff. And, you know, it also helps, too, that he lives, like, not too far from me. So, like, maybe on the, on the weekend and stuff, we start, you know, because we still have to work on stuff, timing routes and things like that. So, um, but, like, yeah, he, he took the leap. And that's what I like to see, you know, players do in the league. Like, there's a lot of guys that I feel – now I'm just talking because I'm playing in the higher divisions and, like, 2 and B, like, there's other guys I see that should be able to take the jump from, like, 2 to 1 and they just rather stay in 2, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever the case is. So, like, if, well, if you if you take on that task to go up and, you know, take your licks in the higher league, then, you know, I'm all for it.
0: That's the thing, too, is, like, we we put a hard cap in, in Tier 1 and we've talked about doing that with, for example, Division 1, Division 8. While that does suck that, like, you can just add whoever you want to your team. What that does is it gives guys who are in that division two uh, a chance to move up and acquire top-end talent to compete in Division One. You know, like that's like that's the goal is to get more teams to compete in the highest division. And and I hope sure. I hope that comes across. Um, that's one of the types of adjustments we make year to year. Another thing that we do examine on a yearly basis is our rules. We have a rules committee meeting next week. Uh, last year was a disaster without Eagle and I, and unfortunately, Eagle and I will not be at the Rules Committee meeting again this year. Woo! I'm sure they did it on purpose <laughs> to make sure that we won't be there. Uh, but, Kendall, um, are there any changes you'd like to, to see made in FPF? Go ahead. There's, o-
3: there's only one change that I want, and Eagle <laughs> knows it. Every season I ask for, let's implement a celebration, you know, in the league. It's fun. I uh, mean, ego. We already spoke in uh, in the DM about it, and I feel like if, if the rules are applied and like they're pretty straightforward, it, it could be done. So I mean, I just a little if... celebration, so you version... know, without going over excessive. You know, I'm not yeah. saying go taunt the other team. Like, yeah, then you should get a flag. But yeah. you know, a little handshake, a little two-second dance with yo, know, you and you and the team. You know, it shouldn't hurt no one. You know, we're all like, you know, we're all grown men playing. You know, you shouldn't get hurt after that because then you'll have a chance to, to do it back to them, you know, after, after a touchdown or a little pick six. you know. Well, like you, like you said, you, know,
0: you don't want to taunt other players. But if you're just celebrating, if you're having a, ta- a good time with your boys, I don't see a problem with that. Referees have told me that what they're worried about is like it just taking too much time and the, the, game's, the game's extending. I would say that you can do the following application I think would be interesting. Teams are allowed to celebrate. But the play clock for the convert starts immediately. And the play clock, the, and the bags are set immediately for the next possession. If you're not lined up for the next play, then you get your a false Your EP start. is
3: canceled? Or okay, or yeah. You, get you know what? Yeah, that, yeah that's fair. That's fair. That's very fair. You have
0: 25 that's seconds. Get fair. set up. You know what I mean? And if you're yeah. not set up, you, you lose your extra point.
3: Yeah, then it's on you. So if you want your celebration to be you know, elaborate excessive and you and you wanna take the penalty, then you know that's on the the, the team and the players. But just saying, you know that works.
0: <laughs> I do pay attention to a lot of the recommendations. I do actually take them to heart and do think of how we can apply them, not necessarily like no, this is ridiculous or whatnot. We try not to think of any rules as ridiculous. We do try and think of how we can apply them more so than if we can apply them.
1: All right, Kendall, just for you we're gonna add it to the list this year. <laughs> just for you. All right, thank you. Thank you, ego. I'm telling you, Ego, if, if the
3: rule does come, if it does get, you know, passed through, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll give you a little bottle of Hennessy or something. Hey, what I don't know the if hell? Hennessy, I'm the one who supported
0: you. you. I'm the one who uh, supported well,
1: you. Well, <laughs> you guys can share that. <laughs> All right,
0: we can, we can.
1: Uh, the Are only you... thing I want in return is, like, some IG videos of you actually doing the dance. Like, you got to have someone on the bench come up and basically catch Yeah, you okay. It.
3: Okay, fair enough. We can do that. You know, we'll have to bring someone there on the side, you know, to get that. I got I'm, you.
1: I'm sure you have some people that can come watch it.
3: Well, I'll see. Well, you know, winter's coming up soon. I don't know about the fall, but for the winter, for sure.
0: <laughs> Thanks a lot, Kendall, for joining us. Uh, happy Thanksgiving I to you, yours. Man. Thank you. And Thank you. Uh, Thank you. We'll talk soon. Okay, bud. All right. Take it easy, bud. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. That was Kendall Miners of Dead Press joining us. Former FPF champion. Always good to get him to chime in. Uh, chime in. One of the more interesting characters in FPF uh, players. If you do want to join us, please let us know. Uh, I have a dude actually lined up from Honey Martin. We're gonna set it up for next week.
1: Is it uh, Monsieur Ignacio by any chance? It is. He was listening and he was very happy that Honey Martin got a shout out. So. Absolutely,
0: we'll get him on. We'll get him on next week. Um, you know what time it is, Lopez? What time is it, Eagle?
1: Games of
0: the week. See, I knew what time it was, but being a good teammate, I let you tee it off.
1: Yeah, I, I figured I hadn't done it in a while, so I just wanted to get to it. Last week you didn't do Games of the Week because the schedule wasn't up. Thanks, Rob.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although we talked about it, we talked about doing it, and then. You're yeah. like, well, I guess the show's over. It was Bye. supposed
1: to be up Thursday, but then something, something, planning is hard. Uh, yeah. I mean, all right. we
0: could have posted the first week, is all I'm saying.
1: Um, so, t- to compensate, we're going to do all the games. Okay, kay? rapid fire. Rapid fire. All right, tier one, all hooks, 2 HD. 2 HD. Rockets, dead press. Oh, pres. wait, your pick. Uh, all hooks. Ignacio's
0: tracking your picks, by the way. No, I'm
1: going all hooks. Okay. Uh, Rockets, dead press. Uh, dead press. Yep, same. Uh, Vinny's Huffman Braves you.
0: V- Vinny's Huffman.
1: I think Braves you actually have a chance. Um, lightweight STL. 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 Uh, running gun junkyard dogs. Running gun. Mm, I want to go junkyard dogs and BYOB. Uh, Medic. BYOB. I would agree with you on that. Yes. Okay. Good game though. That's gonna be a great game. Uh, tier two. Diablo's mean machine.
0: Mean uh, Diablo's. Diablo's.
1: EZW Warriors. Easy W. Easy W. Dream Breaker, Supply and Command.
0: Supply and Command by 50. Okay, so Dream Breakers.
1: Uh, my <laughs> Condolences, Outlaws. Uh, outlaws. Now I'm going to go My Condolences. Ice Up, Team Ethnic. Team that's Ethnic. A, that's a good game.
0: Team Ethnic and a surprise. Um, no, I'm going to go Ice Up. Uh me.
1: Ice Up. Les Centaures, Centaures, Les Mythiques. Centaur.
0: Uh, centaur. Sorry, Mythiques. Uh,
1: Mangus, Les Princes, La Rive Sud. Uh, Prince of the Yep, same Chocolate Thunder, Red Raiders Red Raiders mm, No, I'm going to go Thunder uh, Le Gros Cook, Tents and Hammocks Tents and Hammocks Yep, same And Blackouts, Bruins Blackouts No, I'm going to go Bruins I'm going to go Bruins uh, Tier 3 Johnny Fireball Pardon My Swag uh,
0: Pardon My Swag Yeah, same
1: Threat Level Midnight Leprechauns uh, Threat Level Midnight TLM Untouchables 1 and Niners
0: 1 and Niners by 57
1: um, I wanna take Balls for the uh two the the back to back sweep, but I think it's gonna be one of the niners this time around. Um lockdown Fafie Saband. Um Lockdown. I wanna take lockdown, but <laughs> I don't know what my roster is. And if Fafar can run, we're dead. So uh I will conservatively choose myself. Uh BDR versus Voodoo. Voodoo yep same rogues honey martin that's a good game
0: great game unfortunately honey martin I love the guys but I think they'll lose that one give me rogues
1: uh, no I'm gonna go honey martin it'll Martijn. be a good game though it'll be close yeah uh, chocolate barracudas scranton stranglers
0: scranton stranglers
1: yep I agree if I, if
0: there's an office team I'm choosing the office
1: yeah. team uh, trailer park boys Le ogs
0: uh, Le ogs no
1: I'm gonna go trailer park boys I All think right? they're gonna win that yep um, I like how you disagree with me you say no like, my pick doesn't change, Eagle. Your opinion is wrong. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, Los Bandidos, Yamath Pajamas. Uh,
0: Lamas Pajamas. not
1: Bandidos. Uh, replacements and Lionhearts. Lionhearts. Yes. I. Yes.
0: <laughs> that's it for this week's show. Thank you, Eagle, for everything you've done today. It uh, was a smoother show this week with you. Thank, Thank you, Terry, you. for filling in last week.
1: Thank you for your water bottle being in the shot.
0: <laughs> thank you, uh, GM, for joining us at Toxin T2, and thanks to Kendall Myers of Dead Press for joining us. But most of all, thank you all for letting me do myself.